Welcome to the Tech Life Podcast. In this episode, I grab some time with Justin Chalfant, ex-Microsofty and founder of Patch My PC, the brilliant third-party application patching system from Microsoft Config Manager on Intune. We got a chance to talk about the impact of his product on admins, learning styles, being introverted, shenanigans, ice hockey, and dancing. I hope you enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe, turn on your notifications for upcoming episodes, and drop a like or comment. Absolutely brilliant to actually get some time with yourself. We're at MMS, it's very full on, and everyone's time is really precious, so it's really appreciated. Yeah, you're welcome. Now, I've spoken to you for on and off for quite a while over the last few years, so I know you, but do you want to just give a bit of background of who you are, where you're from, and quite obviously, with the on top of your head? Sure, absolutely. So I'm I'm Justin Chalfant. I am the founder at Patch My PC. We do a we have a company that, that, that really goes and focuses on application management whole, whether it's patching, uh, packaging apps, saving time, uh, making sure they're up to date. Uh, I was at Microsoft prior to starting Patch My PC. So as a PFP, really in the system management space. So uh, Config Man was a big focus. When Intune came out, also did some, some work on there. Uh, yeah, and then just uh, kind of jumped into Patch My PC. We're at 34 employees now. Wow, so growing quite rapidly. Yeah. Yeah, we've nearly doubled probably in the past eight months. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Well, that's interesting because Patch My PC, obviously, clues in the name on that one is around patching and yep. devices and systems management. You come from that background. That's something that's very close to my heart. And everyone that's at this conference at the minute as well are really focused on systems management. Mm-hmm. In terms of that whole modern management world and what you tend to alleviate with Patch My PC, what is probably the biggest thing that you see that customers and people in general that are not customers might be looking for that would benefit them in the biggest? Yeah, I think the, the big benefit from from an administrator perspective would probably be the time savings, right? So, you know, it's hard enough to know when new apps come out. So, you know, Chrome vulnerability comes out, right? Uh, that's pretty obvious. But what about the other four or 500 apps maybe aren't? aren't out there like when do you even know that they're out out of date uh you know where do you download them how do you create the logic to detect it the command lines so i think uh, the the big benefit in time savings is time savings as well as security is kind of the the additional benefit you know make sure that your apps are up to date Uh, i would say that's from like a user perspective Uh, that's probably the biggest benefit that people like at this conference would see is, is that big time savings to do other things that the that they need to focus on as an administrator. That's interesting that because from an admin pers- perspective, yes, the time saving, allowing me to get on away from the daily grind and do more of the innovative stuff is great, especially from an admin perspective. But also, especially from the kind of like the uh, C-level and the organizational stance, security is obviously becoming much more forefront. Yeah. Used to be a little bit of an afterthought, like, yeah, we really should secure stuff. But 
third-party applications on devices has always been kind of that blind spot. That's right, yeah, and you know the products out there today, whether it's Config Man, Windows Update for Business, it all manages the, the Microsoft updates quite well, right? So, you know, the third party, I think, is if you're not really thinking about that, that's, that's kind of the harder thing to challenge if, you're, if you don't even have that in your mind. Obviously, with, with products like security scanning software, it's becoming a bigger deal, and that's, I think, a big reason why we've seen a lot more interest lately is because people realize, you know, the Microsoft stuff is easy, right? It's all built in. Uh, I can just have that automatically do it, but, you know, there's this other thing that's also quite important to stay secure, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting, especially because I'm from the UK and um, a lot of organizations are taking quite a bit of lead from uh, NCSC, so the National Cybersecurity yeah. Center. A lot of their, not mandates, but their best practice recommendations start to bring the patching time cycle down to about 14 days yeah. for the full estate. Now that's driven on different security vulnerabilities and all the rest of it. Having to get into a mindset of not just having the Microsoft world of what used to be Patch Tuesday, so once a month task, get mobilized and get patches out there quickly, now within 14 days. Third party applications don't adhere, do they, to, or put words they in your mouth, yeah. to a single time release date. For that's right, days. yeah, and that's, that's one of the things that, you know, you need to keep in mind, like if you have your traditional, hey, I, I run patches once a month, you know, that that might not be good enough, specifically when these zero days or security updates come out. Um, as an example, at Patch My PC, our catalog's updated generally four to five times per week, right? So, I mean, within a, the period of a month, we might have 20, 20 different releases. And I'd say on average, we probably have between four to eight products per day that we update, right? So you may may have to consider, you know, you know, how frequently you want to deploy those, how your automatic deployment rules or your intune assignments could change with that different type of cadence, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to make sure that you're not going too long, uh, you know, for those third party apps, because it is a little different than the typical kind of patch Tuesday yeah. that you'd be accustomed to. Yeah. That's interesting. Some of them numbers, because that frequency on its own is one hurdle to have to go and yep. get over. But then... You mentioned the different types of vendors as well. So you're compounding the issue. It's not just, yes, fine, there's one thing to go and do five times a week. It's one thing times eight different vendors five times a week. That's right. So it yeah. starts to scale quite significantly yeah. in terms of activities. That's right, yeah. Now, if you was to be an admin that wasn't utilizing a tool like yourself to do it, that would then bring in the whole concept of having to learn each individual manufacturers or vendors ways of installing stuff that's more knowledge that they have to consume there yeah and especially at this conference at the minute it's all about that knowledge and the sharing and quite a few people are finding it as information overload almost sure. because there's such good stuff coming out yeah everyone has their own ways of dealing with learning information do you have any particular styles that work for you how do you best consume and act on information? Yeah, yeah, good question. So a couple ways, like let's say for example, I, I was trying to learn how to package an application that just came out. For, for something where I'm taking action, trying to learn something, whether it's you know something technical where, hey, I would go figure out how to do this in a console, I'd probably just use Google to find, you know, what are the top articles that talk about, 
you know, packaging Notepad++, like, you know, what are, what are the silent command lines, you know, Notepad++ silent install. If it's something kind of more broad, like I'm trying to learn new concepts, like whether it's around leadership or just, just something books, for example, I'd say audio is, is a, uh, something I've been doing quite a bit of podcasting on Spotify. That's why when you ask me, you know, hey, would you do a podcast with me? That's, oh, that's interesting because, you know, I've been kind of thinking past couple of years, like what would a podcast look like if yeah. it's in the system management or maybe it's in some other space that I want to start. Um, so I've been probably the last two years, I'd say pretty heavy on audio. And I think the reason for that is, you know, things are, things are busy, right? So whether it's, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes in a car, where you you know you're focused on driving, you couldn't you couldn't read a book, you couldn't do something like that. I think podcasts have become quite interesting over the past couple of years for sure. And that's yeah. you know if it's not technical things that I, that I would have to implement, I'd say audio is where I'm leaning in a lot for learning. You see, that's an interesting thing for me because it's again it's not just the person and their learning styles. It sounds like, but you've also got the situational side. Yeah, people have got such busy lives. As you mentioned, that idea that sometimes if you are sat in a car for half an hour or so, you obviously can't watch something, but listening and absorbing information while you're doing, I don't want to say completely mundane tasks, because you still, still need to pay attention to the yeah. road, but yeah. you can still learn stuff as you're going across on that side. Yeah. Um, in terms yeah. of, so, like you say, on the technical side, there's obviously lots of different schools of thoughts of how people then um, take information in and relate to it on um, more of a visual side of it. Yeah. Are you more of a visual learner? Do you yeah. like to see things mapped out and shown or do you just want to see a wall of text that you can yeah, read yeah, through? Yeah, that's interesting because I know a lot of people have different pers perspectives on like how they learn. For me, like when, I was, when, when I'm learning something new, I'd say visual is pretty good for me. And that's actually one of the reasons why I started the YouTube channel where I do, you know, config man and tune just different guides was because visually was a, was a easy way for me to learn. Like I had, a, I'd have a video up on one side of the screen. I had the lab up somewhere else and I just kind of follow along and, and, you know, go from the visual cue. Uh, but, you know, understanding that that's not how everyone learns, like people on our team, for example, like, you know, we would have, knowledge-based guides around the product or even not related to our product where it might be a video post on our website and then other people on the team are like, no, I, I learned via you know text, right? I, I want to go read kind of blog posts and pictures and actually consume the text. So for me personally, I'd say video is my style, but it's interesting to see how, how people learn differently in the space. Yeah, that's interesting that you are actually properly being aware of the different learning styles and adapting to their needs because everyone's yeah. different on that side. Similar sort of vein and question of that. Um, conferences like this are great because you've got basically five dedicated days to go and both sit in sessions, learn stuff, and then go and ask people questions and get more deeper information on it. Outside of events like this, and mixed in with the humdrum of all the rest of the activities that go through a working life, how do you sort of schedule in either time for learning just general organizational tasks that you have to get done, but also anything that is personal life related that needs to still get in and get done. Yeah, good question. So for me, what helps me personally is calendar management. Um, so for example, knowing that my work style, I need to have some buffers in place, right? So I can, so I'm not constantly going on email, constantly going meeting after meeting. So 
each day I have three buffers on my calendar of, of 30 minutes. Uh, some days there might be a slots where there's out like an hour, but I'll know, hey, that time is for kind of me time to go learn, go go see what's going on, yeah. uh, you know, online, read some blogs, read some, watch some videos around, you know, things that I'm interested in. So I think, you know, having some time pre-blocked out. So Marie and I, for example, we'll have two events blocked out, like throughout the workday as well each week where we go, you know, do something that we like. So I, I think having it pre-blocked, otherwise you just get consumed in the meetings, the questions, just, you know, not making that time intentionally for me uh, would be where that would never happen if I need to do it that way. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So I've had a conversation with somebody else um, earlier where that whole idea of people that are either starting within um, the roles within IT or even some people that have been around for a long time but don't really want to ask or feel like they can bother other people. Mm-hmm. Some people are kind of afraid of asking that stupid question. What's your thoughts on people that do have questions but maybe either be a bit more timid or intimidated yeah. of asking them? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, I was this way for a while, like before I, I started presenting where super introverted, like I've got the, uh, let's see if I can find it. I've got the I'm, I'm introverted ribbon and I could relate to that quite a bit, but you know, when you're a speaker, for example, like even getting questions is actually something that's super helpful. You know, people are engaged. I think, you know, by asking questions, it's not only helpful for you, get the answers but you know speakers and and people in the community that's something that you know they know you're engaged and they can help hopefully provide some insight which is actually you know something that drives a lot of people in this space like knowing hey you know i throughout the time that i've been learning this maybe i could help other people and that's Mm -hmm. you know that's something that i think is is you know it can, it can be hard, like if you're, if you're introverted and you don't like speaking up at conferences, but like it's helpful for other people that, you know, may have that question as well. Um, yeah, so I think just try it and, uh, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Like try to think about, you know, worst thing, you know, I can't think of any, right? So, I mean, yeah, yeah it's tough, but, you know, it helps other people, makes the speakers, you know, know they're, they're contributing and helping people as well. So I think that's something you could keep in mind. Mm. So I can absolutely relate to the whole introvert side of it. I know people argue around the whole term of extroverted introvert, but I tend to identify that personally with myself, where I can come and I can talk and I can be loud for a while, but then I can tend to fold in on myself and I just need to shut the world out. Do you get to a stage where you need to just shut the world out? And if so, what do you do to kind of rebalance yourself? Yeah, good question. So, yeah, for me, uh, once I'm, you know, consumed in a conference, say eight hours a day, uh, like that's where I, I start to need the time, kind of me time to recharge, right? So I don't, I don't, you know, if I'm talking all day, uh, I will need like some me time, right, to recharge. It's just the way that, you know, you know, I am, but... I know for, for some people, like that's where they get the energy. They could go, you know, 16, 18 hour days. But uh, for me, like, you know, interacting is awesome. Like I, like, I love doing it. Yep. But then there might be the point, you know, at night where it's like, okay, yeah, I need some, some time to just go sit and do nothing, right? So that's, 
you know, it just, it just depends on how your personality is. But for me, you know, I'll need that same thing like you, that, that alone time to kind of recharge. Yeah. yeah. Anything that then drives you to in a personal life, gaming, sports? Yeah. Yeah. So probably the, the, the biggest hobby that, that I would say I have would be ice hockey. So I play ice hockey yeah. on a team and, and that's probably my biggest personal hobby. Maria and I also have been taking dancing for uh, probably the last three months and we've been enjoying that. So that's like two things like outside of work that I would say, uh, you know, something that we've been enjoying and, and, and you know, doing quite a bit of. Mm. Um, but a lot of work, uh, you know, probably work a little bit too much than I should. So trying to figure out, you know, you know, what other hobbies could I pick up? But yeah, I think the two current ones are dance and hockey. Mm. Yeah. Do you find out of either them two or anything else that you're considering that any of your outside hobbies can then actually relate back or improve how you then work within either the business or tech worlds? Yeah, that's a good question. I'll have to let me spend a second to think on that one. Um, I think if I had to say any that could kind of relate or have value to my work, like in, in hockey, for example, you know, you're part of a team, typically 12 to 15 people, and you're kind of you're kind of going for a goal, right? You're trying to win the game. Um, so, like, I'd say with regards to work, maybe that could tie into like you know the values of the company. Like, like what are you all about, for example? Like, what are you, what are you working for as a team? Um, would probably be the one from a hobby perspective that I would say could overlap and provide some benefit at work, like that teamwork, like setting goals, like you know why. What are you all there about, for example? Yeah. And that's an interesting point because a lot of organizations will have their core company values and stuff that they put on there. What are yours at uh, Patch My PC? Um, yeah, yeah. So we have, we have, it? yeah. So I'd say the ones that I, I see the most in the team, um, we have this one value called create experiences, right? So it's about, okay. yeah. So <laughs> how can you do something that stands out when you're yeah. interacting with customers, when you're interacting with your own teammates. Um, I would say that's one that as a company, we see quite a bit, you know, also another one would be humility. So I think one, one of the reasons that, that we're able to, you know, bring people on, like is the humility to say, Hey, we don't, we don't have all the answers. Right. And, and when you have that mindset as a team, you're able to go and learn faster. You're able to fail, you know, you're not afraid to fail if you're humble and accept, Hey, you know, we're going to make mistakes and think big about this. So uh, I think it's a big part of, of a company to know why, why you're a company, mm -hmm. like, like how do you expect to, to interact with your teammates, with your customers. And I think that if you truly have values that are actually shown by people and it's not just something on the wall, I think that that's super special. And I think, uh, I think that's something we have today as a company. Mm, I like that and yeah. I've experienced it with talking to some of your teams. It yeah. does absolutely shine through that whole idea of being humble enough but creating that experience the way they extol it and so on. Yeah, we have a, we have a fun value, I'd say. Uh, we call it uh, no shenanigans. So it's basically, you know, hey, we're going to be transparent, right? Yeah. We're not going to do things that are kind of questionable, right? Just, just for profit or just for something else. So. Um, that's kind of one that as a team, we have a lot of fun with. We actually have a, a team's channel called shenanigans where, you know, it's kind of the non-work, you know, related discussions, yeah. right? But we kind of make a joke of it, but you know, that that's one that, you know, as a company, I think we have the most fun with.
Nice. Yeah. Coming back around to the tech world again, and obviously with your focus on the whole patching and making systems both secure and keeping them up to date because then they get the new features. What's probably both the most exciting tech that you see either generally across the Microsoft stack and might have even heard um, this week that you think actually that would be something really good just to keep an eye on. And then second part of that question, specifically from within uh, Patch My PC, is there anything that is either coming down the pipeline or is there now that people might not be aware of that again, people should really have a look at because it could provide some value. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So within Patch My PC, uh, the past probably three, four months, uh, what we've specifically been working on is multi-tenancy. So we put a pretty big focus on MSPs in Intune, where the way our product worked before is it was you would have one instance of our product and it could connect to one instance of Intune. Mm -hmm. So that caused some challenges with managed service providers who would you know have 10, 20, 30, 50, you know, 100 different tenants that they're managing at once, where we didn't really initially build that for that specific scenario. So. Uh, one thing, probably in the next week or two, we'll be we'll be releasing to production, which will be a multi-tenant where you have one installation, but you can connect to uh, a numerous amount of tenants all from a single install, rather than having to have VMs and instances of our product for each individual. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Now, broadly speaking, from like a technology perspective, not even not even really Microsoft related. I think voice is interesting. Um, okay. You know, whether it's something like uh, Alexa, uh, what's the other ones, Google, Google okay. Voice, um, like, you know, how does that end up playing, right? So, you know, next 10 years, I'd be curious to see, you know, when you want to go order something, like like what, what player in that space wins that? So if you go say, hey, you know, order me uh, protein shakes, right? You know, how, how does voice come into play where it just, goes and does that based on AI or, you know, what's the best vendor out there for this product? You know, is that, you know, how that evolves, I think will be super interesting. Yeah, it's interesting that because literally last week we were looking at um, within Microsoft Dynamics, they've just enabled some sales insight stuff mm -hmm. where it will take the um, actual voice from the Teams call so you can be talking to customers and it actually pulls out not just the sentiment side of it, mm -hmm. but it actually identify tasks and actions yeah. So I was yeah. testing it and I was, we were trying to screen share at the time because we couldn't dial from within the web browser and Teams and screen share. So we happened to be mentioning saying, oh, maybe we could try doing uh, TeamViewer and share yeah. the screen that way. And it was really interesting because it then literally put up on the actions list after the call, call a salesperson advised that maybe remote assistance would be the best approach. Ah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, didn't really take cool. it word by word. It was that whole extrapolation, the actual sentiment and the context. Yeah. So voice as an area, yeah, that is one thing that yeah. it's not something that I personally are close to, yep. but having seen some of that, yeah, I can see that can be yeah. a really interesting way that that develops a lot more. Yeah. Brilliant. I appreciate your time yeah. is precious. Yeah. This conference is absolutely manic and people are dying to get in yeah. and get talking to yourself. Yeah. Um, and the Patch My PC stand. So thank you very much for taking the time, yeah, Justin. Thanks for having me. It's been really brilliant. Awesome, thank you. Okay.
In the next episode, we'll be talking to Ben Whitmore, Pierce Brosnan, and Bond lookalike, freshly minted MVP, and all-round modern management expert. I hope you enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe, turn on your notifications for upcoming episodes, and drop a like or comment.